and welcome to episode 939 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Thursday, June 10th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? I am well. How about you, sir? I'm doing all right. It's a beautiful day. We've got morning baseball games on. Uh, yeah, I, I love morning baseball. I think I said this last week. but Yes, I'm fully with you. I feel like they should try to have a day game every weekday, at least one. I know they do pretty good in the middle of the week. Uh, Mondays usually don't. That's a big travel day. I, maybe I could relinquish Monday, but then you got to give me some on Tuesday and even more than just the Cubs on Fridays. Yeah. Because that's all I ever get is, is Cubs. I get, though, Friday, it's, you know, easiest time to take the fam at night after work. I get it, but I'm selfish. I love morning afternoon baseball and the time zone that we're in uh the time zones that we're in i should say we both are able to get morning you more so of course but uh, i do have a game starting at 11:35 today which means it's 9:35 for you that's insane um so a lot of fun baseball going on today got some plenty, plenty of stuff to talk about i want to ask though are you upset that we didn't record yesterday I'm, I'm i'm devastated i really am i mean it was hump day being Wednesday, and it, it was the 9th of June, uh, I and I feel like it was a huge opportunity lost. I agree. I agree. We failed. Yeah. We absolutely failed. Um, did you see the Tigers lost 6-9? to nine? I don't usually say the low score first, but mm. sometimes it, it merits such a move. I saw it because of the, uh, the walk-off that wasn't. I know. I know. And then uh, It was a pretty the, sick the, play, though. That's true. It, it really was. Um, the Tigers had six runs on nine hits too so they really bought in they lost six to nine on six nine and had nine hits to go for their six runs so they were really bought in on the meme and i respect that you know if you're gonna if you're gonna go down at least meme it up so um oh i just said go down get it never mind moving on we're gonna do news again today because it's been a bit, it's been a bit slow so we're gonna talk about some interesting players here I think Shar's already crying. Shar, we're like two minutes in. You're already crying. That's unbelievable. But uh, I want to start with somebody that we've had a little contention over before between us. And uh, I think maybe you are softening a little bit on Mr. Tyro O'Neill. He had a big two-homer game yesterday. And his season line now is exquisite. Uh, my dude is absolutely tearing the cover off the ball. Nobody can stop Tyler O'Neill. He's hitting 291, 325, 649 after the huge game. And uh, those were homers 14 and 15. So I ask, how do you feel about Tyler O'Neill? Our, our original was you kind of making fun of me for picking him up <laughs> in a 12-teamer. And you're like, oh, what would you do that for? He's just going to get hurt. I think he did get hurt shortly thereafter, but it was – a brief injury so i was like you know i held on through that i, I want to say it was uh mid-may that i had done it and then he'd gotten that injury there and then but since he's been back he's been out of his mind in 13 games since returning seven homers 1279 ops only one steal because hey when you're hitting seven homers and five doubles out of your 19 hits not a lot of steal opportunities so He's running hot right now. What's your outlook on Tyler O'Neill from where you were to uh, this point? Yeah, I mean, I as I was telling you before we started, kind of briefly, like uh, this is somewhat legitimate. I mean, two ninety one, the X uh, average is two ninety one or two ninety two. Um, Love it. You know, barrel percentage is twenty two percent, hard hit percentage fifty three percent. 
max exit velocity is 113. Uh, like we're looking at, you know, some really, really good underlying stat cast men, uh, metrics. He can't keep up this average. I mean, he's still swinging outside of the zone 35% of the time. Uh, zone contact is 74%, which, you know, isn't awful for a power hitter, but it's, uh, you know, it, it's below league average. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, I do think the average is going to come down, but we've always known he's had talent and power in his bat, especially, and he is deceptively fast. Yeah, very fast. 98th. Uh, percentile sprint speed and that's a huge thing too so he's just he's tooled up mm-hmm. and so you, you mentioned that like you'd been bought in on him before and he yeah just this watched. is super frustrating for me yeah because the last three years there have been some false starts and we've seen glimpses of of these uh of these skills that he has and that's kind of the be- beauty of tyler o'neill like the raw skills have been there and that's what keeps you coming back with the power and speed can he put it together i think you hit on something though that that is worth pointing out even in the midst of this greatness 34 percent strikeout rate three percent walk yeah and that's just scary i'm sorry like it, it it's just gonna breed volatility there is gonna be a did you see that tyro neal is you know one for his last 36 type of deal like it mm-hmm. i really think that a streak like that can come when you have this kind of volatility at the plate uh, with the uh, with the heavy swing and miss and the lack of walks. Now he's taken some walks in the past. I wonder if he's being uber aggressive because everything's paying off right now. If maybe during a slump he could get back toward the 10% rate that he had last year, or even the 7% rate of 2019. Because 3%, man. I, I listen. Walks aren't everything, but you mentioned that he swings out of the zone a lot. He swings so in does. general a lot. I mean, he's got yeah. a 70% zone swing percentage. Uh, 53% uh, overall swing percentage. I mean, he's he's being super aggressive, but it's working for him. Uh, so, I'm... Like, I think the average is going to come down, for sure. Like, I don't think there's any way he could sustain a 290 batting average. I think he's probably more like a 245, 250 hitter, but considering the league average is like 236... Yeah, I know. Like, that's actually, you know, a plus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cards. He'll still be generating positivity there. Uh, we should also probably hit on a 41% homer to fly ball rate. Is that uh, is that high? <laughs> slightly. <laughs> Almost one of every two fly balls is leaving. I don't know that that can continue. In fact, I'm certain that it cannot. I mean, you know, for a full season, the top guys can be in the 20s, I think even maybe some th- 30s i'm gonna look it up from from 2019 our last full season but uh, yeah i see some 30s here at the very top end 33 percent by yelich 31 percent by nelson cruz and fran mil reyes uh and pete alonzo back in 2019 so 40 percent it's just not happening so this leads to the next question are you selling tyler o'neill in trade leagues because you can get a mint right 15 homers five steals 291 average 26 years old are you selling? Um, I mean, I would definitely dangle him out there. Like, I, I, I wonder how much you can actually get for him. Uh, I think there'll be a lot of people who are skeptical of the, of the breakout. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just kind of see what's out there. Uh, you know, I mean, the biggest issue with Tyler O'Neill in the past, I mean, outside of, you know, kind of just the, the, the profile of, of striking out too much, He's been playing time, but he's got that locked in now. Yeah, that's true. So I think 
I mean, it's reasonable to expect that he's going to keep some level of this up. Like, I mean, you know, some of the rest of the season projections have him for 20 more home runs. Dude, that's huge. So it's like 20 and five the rest of the way. That's yeah. a 35 10 season. I mean, even the batting averages that they have, the low end is 239, which, as you pointed out, would be around league average. Like, it's not good, but it would not, it's not going to kill you, especially if you're getting 19 homers and six steals, which Steamer has projected. And he has like the perfect uh, kind of swing for this new ball because what we're seeing is, you know, these uh, hitters that put loft onto it to try to get it out are falling short, but it's, it's the hitters that are kind of kind of doing these line drives with power mm-hmm. uh, that are getting the home run. So I, I, I do think like it's possible like he hits, you know, another 18 plus bombs rest of the way. Yeah, I'm bought in on huge uh, power. So, I mean, I would want a really good deal coming from it. Uh, even if what even if? if the even if the batting average drops off, like you're still going to get a you know a good amount of power and you know and enough speed or enough uh, stolen bases to really uh, to really matter. So, would you take would you take um, Tyler Molly? Ooh, yeah, I think that's fair. Like I. I they need hitting, kind of a, kind of a marriage there. Um, I was thinking like maybe an offer for Framber. I was uh, wanted to find a way to bring him up. I think he's on the list, isn't he? No, maybe not. No, I wanted to find a way to bring him up anyway. So that's great because um, you were big on Framber. Mm-hmm. You you scooped him up on the cheap when everybody was jumping off. Um, understandably, you you would decide to take that risk though, based on the finger thinking. Okay, they're talking that it's not full season. Let me take them at their word. And so you got some cheap, cheap, mm-hmm. cheap number. 147 ERA in his three starts here. I kind of have him in the Molly range. In fact, I have them just four spots apart. So I'm with you there. I think that that's in line with it too. Um, that's the kind of pitcher. And the guys I have in between them are Chris Bassett, Robbie Ray, and Jose Barrios, one of whom we're going to talk about later. Do, do you find all five of those guys would be something that you would be entertaining for O'Neill? Yeah, I think so. I don't know if you can get, you know, all those guys, but I would definitely, that's kind of the range I'd be shopping. That's, in for yeah, sure. that's, that's the type. And mm-hmm. obviously you have to find the right fit. If people have those pitchers and their offense is fine, they're not going to be wanting to make that move, but surely you can find a pitcher in that general vicinity, maybe a Max Fried That's a little bit more of a buy low, mm-hmm. like Snell, Ian Anderson. Um, and go get that for your Tyler O'Neill. If your offense is cooking, you can you can afford to get rid of a player like that because that's a big loss, you know, 15 and 5. Um, but if you desperately need pitching, I think you can go out and do that. I really like O'Neill. I do think there'll be some come down from this, but I think it's still going to end up being a really strong season. I'm I'm believing in a breakout overall. Whoa, sorry, random. You whoa, 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 whoa. I'm pressing the button. Jeez, what's going on? <laughs> That's a YouTube video that I opened like four days ago, and then you don't click on the tab, so it hasn't loaded yet. And then I closed one other tab, and that was the next one. So it's like, whoa, geez, scared the crap out of me. Sorry. Uh, anyway, leave it in. Uh, that's where we're at on Tyrone O'Neill. Let's go to a couple other pieces of hitting news here before we get into a bunch of pitchers. Daz Cameron was called up uh, for the Tigers. And I'm a little bit excited about this just because I want to see. I just want him to get some time to see if there's anything here. He came up last year, and 
it was very bad. It was 59 point appearances, but it was ugly, ugly, ugly. 26 WRC plus. Oh, guess what he had? A 32% strikeout rate and 3% walk rate. No, he didn't have the other skills of Tyler O'Neill, but that's what that plate profile can can give you. In the minors this year, Cameron is kind of crushing. Uh, at AAA, he has a 338, 400, 558 line with two homers and three steals, but it's three steals on six tries. So, like, he's running, but it doesn't exactly know what's going on with that. Um, going to be thrust into thrust into duty for the Tigers. Generate any deep league interest for you, Daz Cameron? I mean, a little bit. Yeah, we're, we're talking AL only or deeper mixed leagues because um, mm. there is power and speed in the profile. Kinda I don't like know pop- how much power really shows, and I qu- kind of question like how much playing time they're gonna give them. They're Hill pretty beat up. Those, I think. Yeah, I think he's going to go in for Derek Hill. Um, it doesn't look like roster resource hasn't updated yet, mm-hmm. but Hill's going to the IL. So I think it's just a straight oh, stop there. That makes Dad's sense. Going to play center. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, yeah, in, in a deeper league, I'd take a shot, uh, especially in, and also in DFS, where he's going to be just extremely cheap uh, here for the next week or so as he, uh, he kind of gets his first action. You know, probably be min scores. On FanDuel, DraftKings, and stuff. So, for sure, I, I think he's he's definitely interesting. And he was hot in AAA. Had a, had a slower start to the season because I think he had uh, an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, hitting three thirty eight, four hundred, five fifty eight with uh, two home runs, three stolen bases in his first eighteen games. Yeah, I mean, there's some interest, especially with the pedigree. I mean, he's Mike Cameron's son. For those yeah. of you who are who are a little bit older and, and remember Mike Cameron. So, uh, yeah, I'm a little interested, but I don't know that, uh, I don't know how much of it is going to translate yet to the majors. He really struggled in that first go around. I'm just, I'm hoping to see something uh, as a Tigers fan. Um, and as a Mike Cameron fan, frankly, I really liked Mike Cameron. So I hope, I hope his son can deliver. It'd be fun if he could fit in and, and be a piece here. They, they DFA Jacoby Jones. And like I said, Derek Hill got hurt. Uh, they can get rid of Nomar Mazar anytime soon. I'll go for a Grossman, Cameron, Badu outfield with Derek Hill fitting in when he gets back just to see what's up. Like four guys that are actually, well, Grossman isn't young, but he's signed and he's playing well. But then the other three guys will be young. Let's actually see what's going on here. Like I know Nomar Mazara is ostensibly youngish, but he's just not good at baseball. And that's a key factor when you're playing baseball is to be good wow. at it. Wow, no more Masara. It's just like, why are you Don't, shitting on me, dude? Because go look at his numbers. I know he's a forty-eight WRC plus. Okay, I've waited on that guy for years in Texas. Uh, jumped off last year, thankfully. Didn't do anything with yeah. the White Sox. Uh, had I was like, okay, you know, it'd be great if he blew up with the Tigers, but I'm not drafting him anywhere. So yeah, no, forget all that. Daz Cameron, super deep league, if anything, right now. Probably wait and see. What about this guy though, Miguel Andahar? Is he starting to hit your radar because he's just clubbing the ball lately? You look now, his last eight games, he's got five homers with a 323-333-806 line. And uh, has outfield eligibility now because he's been playing a ton out there. I think he started UT only coming into the year. So now you got him as an outfielder. Are you generating any interest here 
uh, or is he generating any interest from you, Miguel Andahar? Because he's still available in, in some leagues. Like, I think people were pretty quick or pretty slow to, like, jump on him because he started off slowly and were a good bit removed from when he was good back in 2018 now. So I wonder, is he finally uh, generating some interest from, from you? I mean, I think short-term interest. Uh, I mean, he's making a crap ton of zone contact, 93.5% zone contact. Uh, Yeah. And I mean, it's a weird profile. (laughs) Like it's, it's like Willie Calhoun plus like, yeah. 1% walk rate. That's, that's not very good with a lot of zone contact. Um, I I mean, I think it's, it's, I mean, he's always been an interesting bat. Like he's a guy who barrels the ball pretty well, uh, you know, great uh, velocity numbers, great hard hit numbers, you know, has problems sticking, you know, on a roster uh, or on the Yankees roster because this is defensive issues, but they're seemingly just letting him run out there uh, because Clint Frazier kind of sucks and uh, it's been really rough for him and they're in they're dealing with injuries. I say, like, you can kind of ride the hot streak right now, uh, but the profile is a bit scary, and I do think the Yankees are going to be a team that address the outfield uh, in season. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a team that had World Series aspirations. They're in third place in the division. They're kind of you've fallen behind the Rays. You've got the Jays right there with them, uh, and kind of in fourth place. I, I think they're going to be aggressive at the trade deadline. So you've got a little, like, month and a half window where they might give Andujar quite a bit of run before they go address the position with, you know, whoever they're going to be trading for in the, at the, at the deadline. How well does he have to be playing to, to hold that though? And, and maybe not be the one who's replaced. I think he's got to play pretty well, especially with the defensive issues though. I mean, he has been, he has been palatable defensively. Uh, they can get the center fielder and not play. Gardner, they love Gardner though. I know they do, but and what center fielder is available? I don't know. I have not looked at the market, but he's been terrible this year. Probably will get better if he just kind of plays through it. If you kind of look at his numbers, the the profile doesn't look too different for for Gardner at at, at a surface glance. And he had a one ten WRC plus last year, and it's seventy two this year. Part of that is a three percent homer to fly ball rate. So you throw in a couple extra homers and it'd be looking like where he needs to be. But surely they feel like they can upgrade that portion. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's fair to point out that Andahar might not just have unlimited time because they are going to address uh, they are going to address their team at the deadline for sure. And it might include multiple moves, mm-hmm. but he's playing right now. And so honestly, I don't think that's something that you can necessarily worry about. The deadline is, you know, in uh, in. in seven weeks yeah so joey gallo is gonna look really good on this team that's exactly what i was gonna say um i know he has that padres rumor but well he, Andy, he got field. hurt wait he did yeah he, he left the game on was it monday or tuesday, oh, no. on tuesday uh after hitting a home run against my giants so uh but i think i think it's it it doesn't seem like it's gonna be something that keeps him out super long but yeah i mean Rangers need to start looking at, you know, trading him, trading Kyle Gibson, trading, trading mm-hmm. whatever is nailed down. 
Correct. I, I, I definitely agree with that outlook for them. But Miguel Andahar definitely making some noise right now. I think he's starting to be a pickup that uh, that you might want to make and at least ride it in the short term. You know, if you're planning for him to be the your, your rest of season answer, that's probably wrong. Um, just not only from his playing time, but also his profile in general. But he can give you some love right now. Let's talk some pitchers. Tucker Davidson. We got to watch him on the watch party last week. We were a little annoyed that we lost the Ian Anderson start. They moved him to facing the Dodgers, which actually didn't work out for them. He didn't do very well. But I understand, you know, putting your better pitcher against an elite team. Um, so we got Davidson. And I feel like the watch party, we, we all came away pretty impressed. We are like, okay, this is pretty good. Five and two-thirds, one hit. He did have the five walks. But, you know, I, th- I thought the stuff was kind of nasty. Part of that, part of those five walks was – you know, it was difficult to rein in, which sometimes can, in a weird way, be a credit to the fact that, like, oh, your stuff's nasty. You just got to rein it in a little bit, and uh, and you'll be all right. He only had one walk this time out, and uh, six scoreless against the Phillies. So now he has 11 and two-thirds scoreless over his last two starts, nine strikeouts, just four hits allowed, six walks. He had a baseline quality start before that against the Mets. So we're looking at Tucker Davidson, three starts in, pretty good. Is he hitting your radar as somebody to pick up now? I think so, especially with the state of pitching, you know, being kind of the haves and the have-nots. He's he's one of those guys that uh, the have-nots can go out and get. And, I mean, the strikeout upside isn't really there, and we've seen that, you know. I mean, he's going deep in the games and, uh, you know, five or four, four strikeouts. But that's fine when he's not walking guys, does not give up home runs. Uh, mm-hmm. He was really impressive in that start against Washington, and I, I know a lot of people who kind of wrote up that game are like, oh, the walks, the walks, the walks. Um, I mean, one, he never had more than one walk in an inning. That's the thing. We, we watched it, and we didn't really think, like, oh, he's laboring. He was this never in tr- trouble. No. He, he, I mean, part of it was he, you know, he had a little bit of, uh, you know, control issues at times, but then would rein him right in go after the hitter, get him out. Uh, and then he also wasn't giving in. So he wasn't, uh, or, he, you know, he wasn't going to be like, here's a home run. He's a bad pitch. Yeah. You know? yeah no, he's like, right. He wasn't giving in. He's, he's like, like okay, I'm going to make you chase out of the zone. If you don't, that's fine. I've still got another base. And two of those five walks were against Juan Soto. Like that's, you know, understandable. So don't let this guy in the lineup beat you. Yeah, exactly. Especially when that's... that lineup's been garbage. Exactly. No, I, I came away really impressed to the point where I actually made a couple pickups of him this week. Yeah. So um, I'm very happy with the returns here. I think he'll be a big pickup this week in the, you know, kind of catching up on the leagues that didn't get him uh, this past Sunday. So Tucker Davidson, very nice. Another star that went really well here was Spiderneck, Vladimir Gutierrez. Um, if you don't know what that means, go Google Vladimir Gutierrez. You can't miss it. He has a giant spider tattooed on his neck um it hurts me to look at because i cannot (laughs) fathom the pain that he went through to get that and he has tattoos on the each side of the spider so he has got the spider in the middle of the neck and then something on each side of that so his entire neck is tattooed so you can call him tattoo neck if you really want but uh, spider neck has been pitching well now his first start i watched in in detail the the cubs one and i came away like okay you got kind of lucky there it was an ugly day at wrigley 
Um, the stuff was underwhelming. Same thing kind of happened in the St. Louis start too. I was like, man, I don't know. Like the stuff's just not that great. But then yesterday's outing was a bit more dominant. It was seven, seven innings of two run ball against the Brewers with seven strikeouts. He finally kind of dialed into some strikeout stuff. I'm still kind of keeping him at arm's length. I, I actually do like Vladimir Gutierrez. I think I explained that uh, he's a huge meme on my stream because of his spider neck. Cause like, why would why wouldn't you love to talk about spider neck? So we're big fans, but you know the, that fandom doesn't mean I'm just running out to pick him up because I really don't see stuff here that that jumps off the page. I think he is kind of coasting a bit, and the easiest number I can give you for that is a 2.65 ERA and a 5.10 Sierra. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's I think he's coasting a little bit on some uh, on some favorability. Last night's start was good. At least we finally saw some strikeouts here. But do you think Spider Neck needs to be picked up with a 265 ERA, or, or do you see that 510 Sierra and you say, I can't do it? Yeah, I'm staying away from this. You know, I mean, not just the 510 Sierra, it's the, the 208 Babbitt. Oh, you um, don't think that'll last? No, uh, it's, you it's know. 1% left on base rate. That will surely last, yeah? Yeah, and the 11% <laughs> walk rate, the homer problems in the minors, the amount of like, you know, max exit velocity numbers and, and the exit velocity numbers, uh, not great. He seems to do a decent job of not letting people barrel it up. Um, and I don't know if this is just a deception thing um, or if this is going to this going to catch up to him at some point, because he does give up a good amount of contact, especially in the zone. Eighty seven percent zone contact percentage uh, for a guy with pretty, you know, decent uh, exit velocity numbers. So I think this is going to turn out poorly. Um, yeah. yeah. So I'm probably, I mean, I guess, you know, it kind of depends on, you know, you can you spot start him here and there. Uh, you know, the Brewers have been a, a pretty decent team this year, um, but uh, they've they've struggled to hit. Uh, you know, a lot of yeah, their... It's not... Yeah, it's it's that top three of that rotation with with Burns and Woodruff and Peralta that have been and so great. Bullpen helping them out mm-hmm. too. So hey, Willie Adamas mm-hmm. could not be tamed even in the in the good Vlad Gutierrez start goes four for four. He's out of his mind. I'm so psyched on this man. Me too. Getting him out of the trap was it's magic. It's magic. I, I you know. I got to say, for as much as I claim to really like Willie Adamas, I was blind on this major home road issue. So, you know, maybe I'm not the super fan I thought I was because this was such a glaring issue. And then he was on the Chris Rose podcast on John Boy's network with Tyler Glass now. And he talked about how awful the home road split was and that he could not see the ball in the Trump. And I mean, it's night and day. It's night and day. He had a 77 WRC plus with the Rays, and now he's up to 140 with the Brewers. Says he feels like every game's a road game now, which is a good thing for him. He's very happy about that. But anyway, uh, Vlad Gutierrez, just be careful here. I understand if you got to get out and spot start some guys that are on the wire, but this has a blow up coming at some point. And I don't think it'll be like a gradual move to uh, raise his ERA. It strikes me as something that's going to be like six runs in two innings kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I'm, I'm right like there with you. Feel kind of thing, but like that's that's the kind of gut feel I get. So be careful here. Um, nobody expected this 
from Tony Gonsolin. His season debut, we were very excited for Tony Gonsolin to return. You can't really get us in PNC Park. But if you have zero command of your stuff, even the Pirates are going to be difficult for you because they're still major leaguers. And he walked five in an inning and two-thirds. Of course, to get to the point of the Pirates, they still only got one run off of it. (laughs) It was enough to run him out of the game uh, because he had 66 pitches. Interesting line. One and two-thirds, two hits, one run, five walks, four strikeouts. So it's like he was either walking or dominating them, uh, nothing in between. But again, 66 pitches, that's probably all he was going to go. There is an alternate world where that 66 pitches would have been five scoreless innings, but he just didn't quite have it. I didn't get to watch this. I was at trivia last night winning, by the way. Yeah, flexing hard on my trivia win. Uh, but the five walks, did you get to see anything from Gonsolin? Yeah, I mean, I, I saw I saw the inning in two-thirds. Uh, it was ugly. Uh, he was really having trouble finding the zone. Uh I mean, he only gave up two hits, but that's because it's it's hard to hit things that aren't near the zone. He had a 33% zone percentage in the outing. Um, yeah, I mean, this was just just a bad bad start. I'm, I'm not really taking much away from it. Uh, I think he's going to be fine. Uh, and if anything, you know, for those of you who still have him on the wire, he'll be really, really cheap. Yeah, and there will be cuts of him. Then mm-hmm. shallower leagues, absolutely, people will be like, oh, well, that didn't work. He's not ready, and they'll make a snap judgment, and they'll get rid of Gonsolin, and I would instantly pick him up. Yeah, I would too. Instantly. Yeah, I, I think he, he can be a real difference maker, especially in that Dodger uh, Dodger rotation. And the, and the fact that they even let him go 66 pitches when he was struggling that bad, um, I think is a sign that they're, they're pretty comfortable with him. Yeah, they they really were like, okay, uh, we like him. He's got so, a forty-seven percent walk rate. I have a question. Or for sorry, forty-one percent walk rate. It's saying on Skype. Obviously, you can hear me, but it's saying on Skype that my mic is muted. That's weird to me. That that's weird, but you're fine. Okay, as long as it's recording and everything, it's fine. But. That is very curious that it's saying that my mic is muted. <laughs> I really hope that it, it's recording me. Um, anyway, if you can hear me, it has to be. Yeah, no, but, no, you're good. My, I, I don't use the Skype recording software, so okay, we're okay. fine. So if Gonsolin, um, if Gonsolin falls on your wire or was still out there, go ahead and get him. Take him on the cheap. I, I'm, I'm fully still in, 100%. I'm not buckled by this at all. And uh, I, I think we sh- we agree there. Uh, Ian Kennedy is going to the IL. Ian Kennedy, have you been have you been following this? Do you have Ian Kennedy anywhere? I have him in a couple like DCs and FBC fifties. Um, and it's, you're, you're aware of his twelve saves, two fifty three ERA, yeah. one hundred eight WHIP, thirty percent strikeout rate. Listen, I've been an Ian Kennedy fan throughout his career. I don't have him anywhere. I'm not. I'm not saying that to be like I got him everywhere. I. I just always liked him. I don't. I don't know what it was. I think it was really his Arizona years. I just. That's the kind of pitcher that I always found undervalued because he wasn't a, an ace, but he was kind of that like top thirty type guy, top forty type. And I. I'm a sucker for guys like that. So I've. I've always liked him. And then he transitions to the bullpen. Has a 30 save season in 2019 with the Royals. Like, hey, something's going here. Does it again last year. 14 innings of a nine ERA completely loses it. And he's 35. So kind of some reason to maybe think that he's toast. And 
I understand if anybody thought that, but then he goes to Texas, gets the closers role, and as I mentioned, he's been dominant. He goes to the IL with a with a um, hamstring strain, I believe. Mm-hmm. Who's going to close there, and does it matter? Uh, I think it's going to be Jolie Rodriguez. Um, and he was the guy who was uh, he was pitching, I think on on Tuesday. They actually uh, let him go two innings. Uh, and I mean he he looks really good. I don't think it matters a ton because this hamstring strain is not supposed to keep Kennedy out for very that's the long. Real point. That's, that's the real hook here. Just whoever we talk about here in the next few minutes, uh, they are very short term. So if you're just one of those that specs for every little save you can get, you might be getting a one, two type of deal mm-hmm. here. This is a mild strain. He can first return on June 16th, which is next Wednesday. So he might just miss a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so you like Jolie Rodriguez, the lefty. Um, a lot of outlets mentioning Josh Sabors. Uh, what do you think about Sabors? He's got he's got a high strikeout rate, good walk rate. Could yeah. he get a couple there? I think he can, especially because he's a righty. Though they do have just a crap ton of lefties. That's true. So don't let pack. the Jolie Rodriguez lefty thing dissuade you, uh, as if that's their only good lefty. Because they have John King, Taylor Hearn, Brett Martin, Colby Allard. They have tons of lefties. Yeah. So I mean I, I think maybe it becomes a little bit of a share between Spores and uh, and Jolie, but uh, I'll tell you who I'm on. Who? Demarcus Evans. Interesting. Why? Got a nasty fastball with deception type of deal because it's not over overpowering velocity wise. In fact, he sits 92, but he gets a lot of outs with it. Um, he got a walk rate. You know, he got a big walk rate, 13%, a lot of walks in the minors, too. That might be the one thing that keeps him from it. But I think there's something here with DeMarcus Evans as a as a strong reliever. I don't know if they'll thrust him into there right now, but I'm, I got to keep an eye on him, man. He's been good in his seven and a third innings. Uh, like I said, the walks are up there, four, four walks, but 10 strikeouts. I think DeMarcus Evans might get a shot as well. Bottom line, though, like I said, it's really difficult because we just named, like, four guys. Mm-hmm. And there's not and enough... There's not enough wins on this team yeah. to translate into a crap ton of saves either, yeah. especially, especially if it's being shared. Especially in a week or two, you know, they might uh, – each guy might get one or Jolie gets two, Sabors gets one, DeMarcus gets one. They'd have to win four games, so that's, that, that alone is, is difficult for the, uh, for the Rangers. So I don't know that you can really do anything here uh, with Texas specifically. I feel like – if you lost Kennedy here, you might go to other teams to yeah. maybe spec on a guy. Um, and I don't even know necessarily who that would be because obviously saves are very rarely on the wire. Yeah, I, I mean, I think if you take a shot, you're taking a shot on either Jolie or Spores and, and hoping. But, I mean, this uh, this is a mild hamstring strain. He's supposed to be back pretty quickly. It probably is going to be a men's stay, and it's retroactive to the 7th. So you've already lost three days on this. So, yeah. I mean, more than likely he's going to be back in a week. How many games are the Rangers going to win in the next week? That's the thing. That, that's, that's the takeaway here. We have no. We, we don't think they're going to win very many games, and it's a very short stay. So just ride it out with your Ian Kennedy, and don't don't cut him either because he's been great. They're going to win Kyle Gibson's next start, and that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Maybe Dane Dunnings. Yeah, uh, he's pitching well, but he's only two and four, so they don't even win his very often. All right, we're gonna finish with a Robbie Ray discussion because he has been really good this year, but it's still a little scary. 
Okay, so you know, kind of a known Robbie Ray hater. I don't hate him. I just uh, I never really been in on him fantasy wise. Um, even dating back to his his best days in Arizona, I was always like, no, I, I I'm good. And um, you know, he was a disaster last year, so left for dead at, at the draft table this year when he went to Toronto, started to get some buzz um, late, and then get picked up in season. Now we're looking at somebody who's done something like that he's never done before. He's cut his walk rate. And that was always the thing. Walk, 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 walk. And then the homers were there too, just made him scary. So he's cut the walks, Justin, down to a career best 2.0 rate with 11.5 strikeouts per nine. We love that in 64 innings. But the home runs haven't gone anywhere. He's allowed an AL high 15. That's a 2.1 homer nine. So he has a 336 ERA, 110 whip combo with the great strikeout walk numbers, but the terrible homer. What do you make of this from, from Ray? Because I, I, I want to be like fully bought in, but the homers got me scared. Yeah. He's got a 2.1 homer nine. He's also got a 2.1 walks for nine. Yeah. So like, what do we make? Like how high can you really get him then? Um, this is the weird thing. So I've been the Robbie Ray guy in the past. Yeah. And I'm very, very skeptical of this. Uh, I feel like it's going to come crashing down at some point. But it's a massive home run rate, dude. Yeah, I mean, he just—he's getting to the zone though, so he's not walking guys. Yeah. Sometimes he's just completely missing his spots within within the zone, which is the problem because when that happens, hitters hit it a long way. Uh, he's got a career high home to fly ball rate. Which I didn't think was going to be possible for. Uh, for Robbie Ray, and I do think it's a bit unsustainable at 24%. Mm-hmm. So I think the homers should come down a little bit. I'm... I, I think I'm just riding into the wheels fall off. What, what does Nick call it? The... the uh, Vargas plus rule. On the, it would be a Vargas plus, I would imagine. Yeah. He calls it a Vargas rule, which dates back to when Jason Vargas just had this like full, uh, full first half run of awesomeness, and it just everyone kept waiting for the wheels to fall off and they didn't really fall off till super late. Um, and then a Vargas put, so with the Vargas rule, you know, you ride it till the wheels fall off and then you jump Vargas plus, you kind of give it two really bad starts before you're really going to move off. So I think Ray probably qualifies for that because his upside is so high that like, you're not, you're not cutting him the first time he gives up six runs on like three homers in two innings or something. I think, two bad starts like that you maybe start to move on or at least bench him it's really difficult though because that home run rate is wild he went through may giving up homers left and right and really only got beat up once and it was at the yankees four and two-thirds five runs four of them earned two homers but even his three homer game wasn't awful it was five and two-thirds four runs nine strikeouts against philly so he gave you the strikeouts the era wasn't good neither was the whip one walk because exactly exactly and that's what's been he hasn't had walking guys he hasn't had more than two walks in a game since april 18th and if you cut off those first two starts of the season you're looking at uh, a walk rate he's got less than a walk per nine that's filthy um, 
you know, the home run rate is still astronomical. I would but... say it would be even higher because one of those two that you're cutting off is a homer free game yeah. when he walked six. It's a 2.32 20... homer per nine. Yeah, and all of a sudden. There's so know, many strikeouts. 76. And he's not walking guys. <laughs> I don't know what to do, dude. He, uh, I, I mean, him way up. like I got him, I got him way, way. Up. Like, I, again, he was an afterthought for me. I got him 32 right now. If you cut off those first two starts of the season, his whip is 1.03. Oh, my God. From Robbie Ray. So good. I mean, I think you just got to keep riding it. It just And, and I've got him in a few leagues um, where I got him either off the wire or I got him really cheap in drafts. And I'm just riding with it. I know it's not going to end well. But maybe I can get another two months of this. And if that... I don't want to. I don't want to say that we know it's not going to end well. I think there might be a world where it it, it might be fine. Yeah, I mean, even if he's just like, because what I always think about Robbie Ray is like he's a low fours, high threes ERA guy with a kind of a crappy whip, just but yeah, so well, many strikeouts and gobs of K's. Yep, that's kind of that's kind of what he does. I mean, this actually cuts a little bit of a 2018-2019 Matthew Boyd profile, except for the fact that his walk rate's even better, the home run rate's worse. Um, his, but in, the, in those years, Boyd had a mid-fours ERA. So generally, something that performs like this would generate a much higher ERA, and I guess that's the concern. Do you, if you get Ray now, do you get the 420 the rest of the way, but maybe with a good whip and a bunch of strikeouts? He's a 92% left on base rate. Yeah, I mean, that's coming down. Even the BABIP is going to come up a little bit. But, like, I still think, like, what's his Sierra? Sierra is... Three. Oh, crap. I don't think that they neutralize Holmes. Yeah, because it's right along with his XFIP. Um Yeah, but, I mean, you look at his XERA, it's 391. They do neutralize Homers is what I mean to say. Yeah, his XERA is 391. I, I think he could probably post a mid to highs three ERA rest of the way, especially with this new ball, and um, and be pretty good. So I, I'm just holding him. I'm probably not gonna like if 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 someone's trying to so- sell high on him or you know, uh, yeah. I'm probably not buying, but I'm also not trying to sell him right now. I think that's I think that's all fair. Yep. Um, I think that's the outlook I would have with Robbie Ray too. Where, where are you gonna Where are you gonna move him to? Because I think he's that's a, low in your rankings right now. Yeah, he's gonna come up. Um, you have him at eighty. Obviously, that's not gonna hold. Like I said, I got him at thirty-two, which feels pretty pretty good. I feel I feel good. all right about that. Wow, that's had to man. He's killing it. Yeah, he's probably gonna come up into. Hmm. At least the 40s. Um, Am I going to be higher on Ray than you? Probably. Maybe 32 is too high. I, I mean, I'm I'm going to go look at your list. Like I, I can't rationalize putting him up there. Well, yeah, I, I'm I don't have like any strong quibbles <laughs> against. I mean, I probably have Savali ahead of him. Probably have Granky ahead of him. Probably have Freed ahead of him. But I mean, Sonny Gray. If 
Sonny Gray wasn't on the IL. Yeah, I, I got to move him off mine. Um, I probably have. Ooh. Maybe I'm gonna have Manaya ahead of him. Okay. But, like, yeah. So I think like probably high 30s, low 40s is kind of where I'm gonna have him. Okay. I think that's fair. So, and I'll I'll probably update mine here this weekend. Uh, well, a with bit. the season outlook, I, I I think it is fair. I you know I. I think I'm kind of ranking on what he's done, and I have to focus more on where it's going to be. So I think I think some of the names you're mentioning sound right to me to be ahead of him. So I might move him down upwards of eight to ten ranks. I think I'm going to end up being high 40s for Ray right now because that home run rate is just too scary. Um, yeah. It's just too darn scary right now. Yeah, it's hard because, I mean, the strikeout upside is so huge. It's um, massive. Especially if team. that's what you're looking for in your league yeah, and a great team behind him. Like that, he he's a real difference maker in a category at this point. I yeah. just hate to blow up my ratios too, because ratios move so quickly. I want you know, the thing of it is though, if the ERA goes up, I wonder if he could be one of those guys who maybe has a little bit higher ERA, but a great whip still. Like a Joe Musgrove in his peak. If he's not walking guys, there's no reason to think he can't. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I mean. Like Joe Musgrove, not in his peak, but previously when he would have like 406 ERA, 118 wit type of deal. 386 ERA, 124 wit. The 124 was a little higher, but like, you know, we've seen guys like that before. We've talked about how those guys can be underrated at times uh, compared to the other type of guy, which Ray was, which was the better ERA, higher whip. And so I, I think there's still going to be value here, even as this regresses, because like you said, the strikeout rate is just too dominant, too much good goodness there with Ray. Um, so I think still pretty, still pretty bought in. I'm going to move him down a few spots. You, you've convinced me that he's got to be a little bit lower just to account for the fact that that ERA will go up. But uh, hats off to Mr. Yoga Pants. He, he did shift to tight pants, and I wonder if that's really what's driving it. Walker Bueller does it, so like, why wouldn't you? Yeah, Justin Verlander kind of set the trend I'm there. I'm thinking about switching to them myself. I think you should. I'm, I'm, I already do have them. I'm not good at pitching, but I'm better because I wear tight pants. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Justin, that's going to wrap it up. A little bit of a, a small one today because the news just there isn't a ton of news. If there's like an overarching topic that anybody's interested in, or even individual players, let us know. We're always happy to take suggestions on that sort of stuff um if there's somebody you want us to dive into justin do you have anything else no i don't think so i'm excited for our watch party today so uh this will probably people won't be hearing this in time probably to join us but you should join us in the future we're doing watch parties it seems like thursdays are kind of our day thursdays are kind of been the day um i think that that is kind of kind of working out as the as the best day right now so if you were trying to plan in the future, I think Thursday would probably be your best day, Wednesday or Thursday. So, you know, if you have flexibility on both, you'll you'll be in no matter what. But Thursdays have really been the day. So, all right, Justin, great speaking with you, man. Have a good weekend. I'll talk to you later. Take it easy.